Well, thank you, Harriet. And hello, everyone. It's great to see you. Uh, see your lovely faces here in the room. And hello to you, too, uh, if you're watching at home today. My name's Roger. I uh, have been in Nottingham for about 10 years. And my wife and I live up in, in Forest Fields, uh, just north of the city centre. Do you remember what you did on the 23rd of March, 2020. I know that for me it is a day that I don't think I'll ever forget. Uh, Sarah and I had arranged for a few weeks that we'd go into the Peak District uh, with one of my old housemates to celebrate his birthday. So there were these plans that we'd had in the diary for a while, and we were thinking, oh, are we going to be able to manage it? But thankfully, we, we could. It was a, a gorgeous day. I don't know if you remember uh, the weather on that day. And we drove out to a part of the Peaks called uh, Roaches Rocks. Great place for a walk. Very much recommend it if you're able to get out there at some point. Had a lovely picnic at the top of the hill and just had this jubilant spirit within us as we were able to, to celebrate uh, the countryside and being together. And then, obviously, that evening, we came home and we had the news that there was a stay-at-home order in place and that we would be locked down in our houses. And I wonder, given what you know now, that we were going to spend over half of the next 12 months under these national lockdown conditions, and that there would be 126,000 deaths due to COVID in the UK, what would you say to the March 2020 version of yourself? Well, there's a, a five-word uh, phrase in the passage that I think works pretty well, actually. It's in verse 36, if you've got your Bibles with you. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. It's been a hard year. I think that's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? But I believe that God would say to all of us today, whether you are here in the room or watching at home, well done. You're here. You have persevered. And God is delighted about that. And what we would say to our March 2020 self is important because it's actually what we need to be telling ourselves right, right, uh, right now once again. You have need of endurance. Well, the passage in, in Hebrews that we're looking at today doesn't just tell us that we need to persevere, but thankfully it also tells us a bit about how we can persevere. And we're going to look at three particular things from the passage today that help to inspire our perseverance. Uh, you may notice uh, that we didn't uh, read out verses 26 to 31. I think they might have come up on the screen here. Um, we're not actually going to get a chance to look at those verses today. But I just want to signpost to a talk that JP did a few weeks ago uh, in chapter 6, which covered a really similar passage uh, in the book of Hebrews. Um, would really recommend it, so do check that out if you missed it. Um, you can find that on our YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, Grace Church. Uh, Nottingham, and the video is from uh, Sunday the 7th of February, so you can find that there. Well, we are going to dive into our passage in a, in a minute, but first uh, I'm going to pray and ask God that, ask that God would help us this morning as we look at his word. Oh Lord, we, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, thank you 
for your word, which is a life and uh, strengthening to, uh, to us. And we do ask that you would help us this morning to understand what it is uh, that you have written in your word, um, uh, that you would speak to our hearts this morning as we spend time together. Amen. Well, this may sound a bit weird, but as I've done some study and preparation for the talk this morning, I've become increasingly convinced that the book of Hebrews is a bit like the Harry Potter series. Well, J.K. Rowling and the author of the book of the Hebrews probably don't have that much in common, but one thing that I think they both nail is the payoff. If you're not familiar with Harry Potter, don't worry, that is not uh, necessary knowledge to follow the rest of the, the sermon this morning. Don't worry, I'm going to explain what I mean. Payoff is what you get in actually lots of great films and books. And it's when all the threads that have been woven through the story over uh, maybe the first bits of it all come together and you get that, ah, moment. It's that, that moment of sweet revelation where everything finally makes sense, where those threads that have been dropped, those, those breadcrumbs perhaps in some cases that have been dropped, you finally realize what it was that they were leading up to, uh, and everything comes together. Quick spoiler alert for Harry Potter. I mean, it's been out for a little while, so hopefully you've had a chance to see it, but you could just mute if you're at home right now. If, if you're in the room, you have less options, but I don't know, maybe put your fingers in your ears. It's a bit like in Harry Potter uh, when you realize that the invisibility cloak that Harry gets given in, way back in book one is actually one of the deathly hallows, which become really significant right at the end of the series. Or like that bit where you realize that in the second book where you've got uh, this diary, Tom Riddle's diary, you realize that that was actually one of Voldemort's horcruxes. Again, I appreciate if you're not familiar with Harry Potter, all these terms are going to sound a bit strange, but hopefully that resonates for some. That moment of realization of, ah, that's what that is. Well, if you've been following our Hebrew series for the past few weeks, then you'll know that the recent passages that we've been looking at together are full of all this rich, profound theology. And the author has been showing all these different ways that Jesus is better, using different Old Testament references and, and comparisons. Lots of things that we maybe aren't very familiar with, but that the original hearers of the book uh, would have been much more familiar with. Uh, and there are still three chapters to go after uh, our passage today. But here in chapter 10, the second half, we get this moment of, of climax of all of this rich theology from the past few chapters. And I think it, it can be easy to miss if we are just used to reading our, our Bibles one chapter a day or we're just hearing one sermon a week over a period of time. But I'd like to help us this morning to see how this all comes together, how we get this payoff moment here uh, in Hebrews 10. And so in chapter, uh, in, in verses 19 to 22, imagine that the author is, is talking you through it. So we've got it up on the screen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, friends, since we have confidence do you remember that confidence I was telling you about back in chapters three and four, confidence we can have in Jesus? We've got confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. You remember chapter nine, I was using all those comparisons about the blood of Jesus compared to the blood of bulls and goats. 
by the new and living way that Jesus opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. You know, I was talking about the the tabernacle that they had in the, the Old Testament, which was where the presence of God dwelled. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, well, you know, I've been talking a lot about priests in, in chapters two and four and five and, and in chapters seven and eight. Since we've got a much better priest than the Old Testament, the Old Covenant system of priests, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. The big payoff, the big climax of all this theological detail is that because of what Jesus has done, we can come confidently to God, knowing without a doubt that he will accept us in his presence. Hallelujah. We can draw near. We can know closeness with God the Father, the Holy One, who we we shouldn't be able to get anywhere close to him because he's so holy and perfect. But because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice on our behalf, we can come right in to his presence. You know, Jesus has fulfilled all of the requirements of the old covenant. He has done all the work that we can never achieve, however much we might strive and try to. And he tasted death on Good Friday so that we don't have to. And now we can experience wholeness and relational intimacy with our wonderful Heavenly Father, who's good and is kind and is loving. Jesus has sprinkled our hearts clean from from all of those those horrible guilty consciences that that we've been walking around with. And he's washed away all of the the grime and the muck and the filth of our sins, all that we've done wrong. And when we celebrate Easter, as we will do next week, we're not just remembering the death of a good man 2,000 years ago, but we're celebrating the life with God that Jesus enables us to have right now. My wife, Sarah, loves uh, a good reread or a good rewatch of, of her favorite books and films. And with great works of art, I'll leave you to decide whether Harry Potter is in that category. But I think with great works of art, this moment of payoff gets sweeter every single time as we understand more and more of the detail of the threads that have been woven together in the story, we can understand the the payoff, the revelation of it all coming together. And I think it's the same for us with a a book in the Bible like Hebrews. The more that we study it and, and meditate on it and chew it over, understand it, get to grips with some of those Old Testament references, the sweeter the taste of what Jesus has done for us is. It's been some of my experience in preparing this talk. And as we see Jesus more clearly, we're able to love him more dearly. And we find ourselves just wanting to burst out in worship to him because of all he's done for us. And by worship, I'm not just talking about singing songs here on a Sunday. But worship, that is the the offering of our whole lives back to God. Let us draw near to God, the passage says. Let us remind ourselves of what he's done and the grace that he has lavished upon us 
and let us offer up thanks and praise day by day. And actually our worship, all of this that we've been looking at, this inspires our perseverance because Jesus inspires our perseverance. And secondly, our past endurance inspires our present perseverance. Does anyone else ever get this moment where you get suggested a video on YouTube that seems really quite unrelated to the sort of things that you usually watch on there? Uh, I had this the other day. Uh, I was about to do some washing up and thought, I'll stick something on YouTube while I do it. And uh, I'd had this little thumbnail video suggested for a while. It was called Breathtaking. Had quite an attractive thumbnail. And I thought, you know what? The algorithm has suggested it. I will give it a go. And it was actually a documentary about uh, some mountain climbers on K2. And I mean, it was an enjoyable documentary. I learned quite a lot. I learned that um, K2 is one of the most challenging mountains in the world to climb. It is the second highest mountain in the world. And that actually for, uh, for every four people who reach the summit, one person dies, such as the, the danger of the climb. And more people have been to space than have stood on the summit of this mountain, which I find somewhat breathtaking. But the biggest thing that jumped out at me from this video, the thing that made the biggest impression was that for the main climber that it focused on, a guy called Adrian Ballinger, he'd done 16 previous ascents of super high mountains, mountains beyond 8,000 meters, so that he would have the confidence to climb K2. He had done all of these previous trips and all of the, his previous experiences gave him the confidence he needed that he would be able to endure again on this most challenging of trials. Well, the Hebrews too were encouraged to recall their past experiences to strengthen them in the current trial they were in. And we see that in, in Hebrews uh, 10, 32 to 34 that Harriet read. Um, the original hearers were Christians who had converted from the Jewish faith, and they had experienced hard persecution. Um, there was some public ridicule, and it even talks about the, the loss of property. Um, people had been plundering their possessions due to their uh, faith in Jesus. Well, I imagine for most of us, our circumstances are quite different. But the same thing still applies. They've gone through a hard struggle with sufferings. Does that sound familiar to anyone after the past year that we've had? And I think it's helpful with a passage like this to put it in some context of, of our circumstances. So uh, let me do that with verses 32 to 34. Recall the former days of spring 2022, Grace Church, when you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, having your Sunday meetings stopped and not being able to meet in each other's homes. You were stuck at home watching the church service online by yourself, but you still said hello on the chat and sometimes posted an encouraging word. You faithfully prayed for your friends who were moving to Newcastle to plant the River Church, even though you weren't able to say a proper goodbye. 
You joyfully downloaded Zoom and learned how to mute and unmute yourself so that you could remain in community with your church family. You gave your money to make sure that the vulnerable in our city were looked after, and you offered to get in supplies for those you knew who were self-isolating. For you knew that you had a better possession, and one that will last forever. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence in Jesus, which has a great reward. I believe that God is going to use this incredibly challenging year that we've all been through to strengthen our faith and fuel our ongoing perseverance. Maybe you have felt really, really weak at moments in the past year. Remember how you came through those times. Remember when your mental health just felt really out of control and how you were brought through to a place of more peace. Remember how your anxiety was off the scale, but you came through those times. God is going to use these experiences that we've been through to help us as we go through future trials. And the, the third means of strengthening in the passage that we get is through the community of faith. So we're going to look again at verses 24 and 25 in the passage. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Verse 25, where it talks about not neglecting to meet together. I'm sure some of us have wrestled with this verse in the context of the past year where we've not been able to meet as freely as we would like to. And I'd like to point out this morning that verse 25 is the secondary point to verse 24. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. The biggest question posed by these verses is how are we provoking one another to love and good works? And love and good works, well, that's just describing what the Christian life is, right? And actually, I've just been saying some of the ways that this has happened over the past year while uh, restrictions have limited our gathering. Um, Technology's helped us in so many ways, hasn't it? I've loved being able to still be able to be part of a home group on Zoom and to be encouraged by uh, my church family in the the home group context as we've met together on Zoom on, on Thursdays. And actually, the, the church online services have it's been wonderful that we've been able to have a, a comment section there, the, the chat section, which I'm sure has been an encouragement and a blessing to those who are on it uh, right now today. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Let us encourage one another. I think it requires intentionality, doesn't it? It, it isn't something that just happens naturally all the time. And it's going to look different for each one of us. Maybe you're the kind of person who loves giving someone a spontaneous phone call. Or maybe for you, that is is a horrible thought because you're very much not in the habit of it. Maybe you love going for walks with friends and perhaps in those moments, take the opportunity while you're gathered with a friend in Christ to encourage them and strengthen them in their faith, to cheer one another on 
as you are meeting together. And I'm reminded too, actually, of, uh, of my new favorite documentary about K2, because uh, although the focus of the documentary was mostly on uh, one climber, actually he was part of a team of five climbers, and he talked again and again about how he would only attempt an expedition like this with people who he knew uh, had got his back, who would be able to help him if he got stuck. And it's a team effort to climb a mountain. And just like it is for us to uh, walk with Jesus, it's not something that we are meant to do just by ourselves. Even in this passage, we've seen the communal nature of these uh, phrases where it's talking about, let us consider, uh, let us hold fast. It's not you yourself need to do this thing, but rather together, church, let us do these things uh, to and for and with one another. And these verses do also show the significance of meeting together. Uh, the first time that I came back to the Grace Church building for a service was uh, at the start of January, actually for, for one of our 12 o'clock services. And although it was strange to be here with a, a mask on and to not be able to sing, uh, I really loved being in the room again with brothers and sisters in Christ to share in worship uh, in uh, the presence of others. And Sarah and I have been back in for the, the church services over quite most of the, the recent Sundays um, because we love being here uh, and we've really felt encouraged by, uh, by worshiping together with one another uh, in person. I'm fully aware that's, that's not possible for everyone right now, but I would encourage you, maybe you've just got a bit out of the habit of meeting together is completely understandable given the year we've had. But why not come back to the church building, perhaps even for uh, Easter next Sunday? Why not get a ticket and be back in the building to celebrate that uh, together? Again, there's, if, if that's not possible for you, that is completely fine. We're still so thankful that we have the, the church online uh, platform to continue meeting together that way. But why not? As things open back up, as more space is created to, to meet together here, let's be ready to engage with those opportunities. Not because it's something that we have to do, but because it's something that we want to do. And because we get to encourage one another and stir one another up to love and good works by being gathered in the same place. And let's be ready to take opportunities to show hospitality as well even though from tomorrow onwards that might be limited to just having a few people over into your back garden or to uh, have a, a picnic with a few others, um, let's be ready to show hospitality uh, and to meet together with one another. Let us consider how to stir up one another uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see day drawing near. Well, God has given us worship, uh, the history of our past endurance, and a church community to help us persevere. But perhaps some of us are hearing this today and just feeling exhausted, feeling like there's not much left in the tank, that your reserves are at an all-time low and are just depleted right now. 
Well, I want to encourage you this morning, today, that if you have put your faith in Jesus, then you can know complete assurance that he will bring you through. Jesus, your good shepherd, will lead you to safe pasture where you can be restored and nourished and fed. And uh, not long before uh, the first Easter, 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus spoke these words to his followers uh, in John chapter 10, um, verses uh, uh, 27 to 29. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. If you're feeling completely exhausted this morning, know this. No, no thing and no one can snatch you from the hands of your loving God. There is complete assurance for you that he will bring you through. And some of these things that we've been looking at will help you as you continue to persevere with Jesus. Cut the band up. We began this morning um, by thinking back to March 2020. And see, it's been in the news a lot this week with it being the, the one-year anniversary. I wonder where we'll be in March 2022, <laughs> what things will look like in a year's time, what things might look like for you personally in your work and your family situation. I don't know, but I do know this. You have need of endurance. It's a, a truth in the Bible, isn't it? But the end of that verse says, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. We have a great reward promised to us. Jesus, the pioneer, passed into resurrection life and has promised that we too will persevere. We have life everlasting with God where all wrongs will be made right and all the pain of the past year will be washed away. I'll pray for us as we close. Oh God, we thank you so much that you have gone ahead of us into eternal resurrection life. We thank you for what we will be celebrating in Easter next week, that you died and rose again, that all who would put their faith in you could know life forever and could come into the presence of you, the perfect God. And Lord, we, we recognize that this year has been really tough. It has taken a lot out of us. But we thank you that you have brought us through, that you have helped us to endure. And we are so amazed that you are delighted in us right now. And I pray that you would provide strengthening to each one of us hearing this message, that you would strengthen us for the road ahead, that you would be uh, Jesus, our true strength and perseverance as we keep our hope and faith in you. We love you, Lord. Amen.